Saginaw blend. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. Oh, wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. The Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. 75 yards by Monty Williams. Uh, I always do that. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. It does not get better than that. What a weekend of sports we had. And it's still light outside at 6 o'clock. How about that? Ben Bosher here on the payoff 100.9 The Mitt. Jam-packed weekend of sports. Let's recap it for the next 10 seconds. Michigan basketball. <laughs> Pistons. <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> and then you have the Red Wings. I'll tell you what. They are backpacking the state right now. The winged wheel has spun me silly. Ben, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to the crowd. I'm a little drunk. I'm a little drunk off the red Kool-Aid. What they are doing on the ice on a nightly basis, I mean, it's become appointment television. It has become must-watch TV. Tomorrow, Red Wings in action again. Clear the calendar. They are putting on a show. Let's recap what happened over the weekend for the Red Wings. Uh, they defeat the Blues 6-1 to on Saturday at noon in a game that was over before it started. Blues come into this one with 60 po- 62 points. They're no joke of a team, but we made them look like one. 3-0 in less than six minutes. 3-0 lead. Kane, Rasmussen, Fabry all get on the board. St. Louis is called for a tripping penalty with four minutes and eight seconds left in the period, first period still, and... Within less than a minute, Debrinkit finds back of the cage, eighth best power play percentage in the NHL at 23.3%. Since January 1st, where the Red Wings really start turning things around, 27%. Blues answer with a goal 12 minutes into the second, and, you know, scary thoughts start happening. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. You're worried because you've seen it before. You've seen them take a 3-0 lead, a 4-0 lead, and all of a sudden, somehow, you're in overtime. It's not what happened. Ever since January 1st, this team is playing lights-out defense. They've allowed the sixth least amount of goals in the NHL. So they only allow one more goal. uh, One goal the entire entire course of the game. JT Comper answers that goal and joins the fun with his 14th goal of the season. Less than two minutes later, the Cat gets one, his 22nd of the season, second most on the team behind Larkin. Assist from Patrick Kane makes it 6-1. Nobody else scores the rest of the way. Offense on full display on Saturday at noon in the LCA. Building was rocking for CMU night. Shout out to the Chippewas. Blues 
not necessarily known as this offensive juggernaut, but still one of the top half defenses in the league. And the Wings dismantled them. And we talked about it for a while on Saturday or on Friday before the weekend. The depth on this team is something else. Everyone's going to talk about how Iserman signed to Brinkett and he got Kane. What no one's going to talk about is all these third and fourth line guys that he brought in that have significantly changed what this team is capable of. Five different goal scorers on Saturday, three of those from the first line, two of those from the second line, and one from the third. Third and fourth line has scored 76 combined goals on the season. This team has depth. It's exactly what Patrick Kane talked about, and the reason he thinks that this team can beat any team in a seven-game series. And I can't lie, after this weekend, I'm there. Is it an overreaction? Am I doing overreaction radio? Maybe, but it's our radio show. So, we're going to do it. Exactly. This is a team that can beat anybody. All right. <laughs> Clev out there finally using the board. Um, all right. Alex Lyon also had a really good game on Saturday. Uh 22 saves on 23 shot attempts, so only allowed the one. Four saves on the power play. Red Wings have been one of the better teams in the NHL all season long, uh, defensively, on the power play. So then that brings us to Sunday. They're on the back-to-back going against Chicago. League-worst 35 points, minus 85 gold differential. Yikes. But this is back-to-back with travel. This is the Red Wings' third game in four days. And Reimer is in goal. So you're a little nervous going into this one because Reimer, Reimer can't stop anything from getting by him. Sprung scores his 16th of the season with 40 seconds to go in the first. Red Wings take a 1-0 lead. But the Blackhawks score twice in the second. Second ones with two minutes, two minutes to go in the period. And now right there is the exact moment that I live bet the Red Wings 2.5 to 1. It took nearly... 16 minutes, but Alex Dabrinkit ties it up with the assist from Kaner against their old home. Alex Dabrinkit, uh, Patrick Kane, getting it done in Chicago. I mean, it, you'd think that's where the story stops, but it only gets better from that point on. Alex Dabrinkit started the season as hot as anybody, actually hotter than anybody in the NHL, nine goals in the first seven games. Before this weekend, I, I didn't quite realize how much of a cold streak he was on. And don't get me wrong, he was impacting the game in positive ways, but he was in a little bit of a scoring drought. Before this weekend, he had two goals in the past 20 games. He scores three times over the weekend with an assist in each game as well. So we're tied up in Chicago, a game the Red Wings really should have dominated. I mean, let's be honest. Chicago's not that great of a team. They're the worst team in the NHL. You should have beat this team by more. But again, you're on the back-to-back with travel. This was your third game in four days. It was an emotional night because you have Patrick Kane back at home along with Alex Dabrinkit. So the fact that they're even in overtime, impressive enough. Hawks, they get on a 2-1 to break early and your heart just absolutely drops knowing Reimer's in goal. Okay? You're shaking. It's like asking Michael Batchelor to go f- kick a 55-yard field goal. It's, uh, I don't know what's about to happen. Don't feel great, I'll tell you that. He makes a nice save for once, keeps the game alive, and it wouldn't take long for the Wings to take care of business. You guys heard it at the top of the show. It was the perfect setup. Thursday was the perfect setup for Kane. 
Larkin brings two guys, draws them in, uses his speed, gets it to Kane. Boom. Game winner in LCA. His third game winning goal of the season. That was Thursday. Then yesterday rolls around. Kane somehow gets on a one-on-o fast break. And you just knew. You just knew it was over. Okay? Even if you're not a hockey elite, even if you're not someone who's locked into every single Red Wings game, you just know Patrick Kane, one-on-o in overtime, that's it. You don't even need to see how it ends. He's going to score. And that's exactly what he did. Skates towards the crowd, yells it's showtime. Because it is. He's a superstar. Okay? He might be 35 years old, but make no mistake about it, he is still a star in this league. Since the calendar flip, sixth least amount of goals scored in the NHL, uh, goals allowed, I should say, in the NHL. Playing better defense as of late. The goals are still coming. Fifth best goal differential in the NHL during the same stretch. Five straight wins, 7-2-1 and one in their past 10 games. 10-6 and six straight up in overtime. Guys, this is a team that we can expect to see play postseason hockey this year. This is a team that I think can do more than just that. We talked about it so much at the beginning of the season. It was as long as they're playing meaningful hockey in February and March, successful season. Okay, we have now readjusted those expectations. Now, playoffs are what we expect. And if they keep playing like this, I mean, I don't want to be the first person to say the two words. But sure, I'll do it. Stanley Cup's not out of question. Maybe they don't have the superstar, the goal, the, the, the heart. Maybe they don't have the dude who leads the NHL in goals scored. They don't need that because they have all this depth. They have Patrick freaking Kane, Dylan Larkin, and Alex Dabrinkit. And somehow, someway, night after night, they find a way to get it done. 70 points now. First wildcard spot in the East. One point over Tampa, who has the second wildcard spot. You have an eight-point cushion over New Jersey for a playoff spot straight up. You're only four points away from Toronto now. It's not out of reach. You catch them. You have home ice advantage in the playoffs. Get that extra game in LCA, which we talked about. We'll have the most electric atmosphere in all of hockey when they host a playoff game this year. You catch Toronto. You're four points away. You have a top three spot in the East. Boom. 16th schedule, uh, 16th easiest schedule remaining. Toronto has the fourth. Nobody's playing better hockey right now than the boys down in hockey town. I'm sipping the Kool-Aid. Okay? That's where I'm at. In fact, I'm not only sipping, I'm just dousing myself in the Kool-Aid. Drowning my internal lungs. I'm invested. This is appointment television. Patrick Kane said this team can beat anybody in a playoff series. I'm right there with him. Is this a team we should start taking seriously as a cup team? I think so. And the biggest reason why is a 35-year-old named Patrick Kane who has a new hip. Okay? You can't write a better story than what happened yesterday in Chicago. Goes back home. Best, greatest American-born hockey player of all time. Three Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks. Game-winning goal against them in overtime. He's 35 years old. But he is such a vital piece to this team's success. Is it extension time if you're Steve Eiserman? We'll get your thoughts coming up. And is it, ready for this one? Proud of this one. Is it, is over, is over for MSU? That's at 630 plus lock of the day and a good old game of who said it. 989-837-6125. We'll get your thoughts next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. I'm Eastman. 
more of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. You know, I really wish people liked the Red Wings as much as they like the Lions. It feels like this should be an area in the state where everybody is so excited to talk about the Red Wings. But sometimes it's just not. Uh, I think it's time to talk about Patrick Kane and re-signing him if you're Steve Eiserman. Before we do that, let's get some breaking news. Okay, a couple things on the docket for us today. Uh, we'll start with the more recent thing. This thing that happened just before we went live. Jalen Reeves-Maben of the Detroit Lions just got a two-year extension, uh, $7.5 million. He becomes the highest, uh, $8 million max, you know, with the incentives. He becomes the highest paid special teams player of all time, someone who solely plays special teams. So Jalen Reeves-Maben, nice pickup piece. Love that if I'm Brad Holmes. More uh, Brad Holmes tomorrow. In other news, earlier today we find out that the Mid-American Conference has a new team joining it. UMass, now we're formerly independent, looking to join a conference. They decide, hey, let's go to the MAC. Good choice, assuming the MAC still exists in six years. Still do be determined. All right, Patrick Kane. Now, why would the Wings re-sign Patrick Kane now? Well, maybe because he's been... One of the biggest reasons the Wings have found themselves with an eight-point playoff cushion right now. No, not eight games out from the playoffs. Eight-game cushion. or I'm sorry, eight-point cushion. There was a bunch of questions surrounding Patrick Kane. You guys can go back, listen to the show from, I don't know, November, December, late November, early December. Just search the payoff wherever you get your podcast. Went back and listened to it, and we had a couple questions revolving around whether Patrick Kane could still be that dude or not. Uh, he's answered all those questions, every single one of them. 1.03 points per game. That's what he's at at this moment after this weekend. Uh, the hip surgery has clearly revived his career because he looks a hell of a lot better than he did last season for the Rangers, which is something John warned us about when they signed Patrick Holmes. It was or, uh, Patrick Kane, I'm sorry. Uh, it was, okay, he was not great in the playoffs last year. He was kind of a liability at some point. Well, now he's back on the ice. Maybe he's not prime Patrick Kane, but how many guys can realistically say they've ever skated at that level? He's still one of the most impactful players on this team. And when he takes his shots, he cashes in. 14.3 shooting percentage uh, when he takes his shots. That's the third highest mark of his entire career. So yeah, maybe he's shooting the puck a little bit less, but I'll tell you what, it goes in when he shoots it. It's the highest mark since 2016 for him. The year he, you know, led the NHL in total points with 106. It's the last time he shot above 14.3% from the ice. Uh, okay, four game-winning goals. He's showtime. Like, let's not forget the fact that stars are always stars. It's not like they fade out unless their name's Yeezy. But if you're a dude, if you're a star who's been in these big moments, you don't fall apart when they happen late in your career. They're one of the... You, you, you become one of the guys that you can lean on. It's not like this guy's ancient. He's 35 years old and has four game-winning goals on the season, one on Thursday, one yesterday. Big moments do not face him. Yesterday, you just, you just knew the second he got on a 1-0 break, he was scoring. There was never a question about it. 
start celebrating before it happened. And you could hear Mickey York do it on the call too, on Bally Sports. And there'll be people, well, you don't get those opportunities in the playoffs in overtime because the three-on-three goes away. Okay, that's fine. But if you're going to knock him for something that hasn't even happened yet, well, then okay. I guess I'm just not willing to do that yet. Let's not forget also he, he chose Detroit. There was a bunch of teams in line to try to get Patrick Kane. He chose Detroit specifically to come play with Patrick Kane. I'm sorry, to play with Debrinkit again. To come play with Larkin, who will set him up. He knew what he was getting into. He saw the depth on this team and understood what his impact could do to them. It's not like what's happening right now at the Wings. Five straight playing the best hockey in all the NHL. I don't think this is a surprise for Patrick Kane. I think he joined this team looking at this roster and knew what he what kind of impact he could make on it. Where they are right now should not be a surprise to him. That's why he wanted to join this team. Stevie Y has created that. And I get it, the Steve Eiserman plan might have took a little bit longer than expected, and there'll always be people out there to defend the guy. But let's just be honest. If it was Joe Schmo as the Red Wings GM, yeah, we'd probably be a little bit too late. If Joe Schmo traded at the deadline last year instead of bought, we'd probably be a little bit more upset with the GM. But it's Steve Eiserman, and he figured it out. Not to mention, this city loves hockey. This state loves hockey. It's hockey town. And nobody loves hockey more than Showtime Patrick Kane. Well, he, he had the quote a couple weeks ago. Was, yeah, when I'm, on, I'm at home, I'm just sitting on the couch watching other hockey games. Cool. <laughs> like, don't you want your guys to love the sport that they play? Uh, just embrace it in every aspect. You pay him, you give him the extension right now if you're Steve Eiserman, and, and it's not going to break the bank financially. I mean, this it, the deal he's on now seems like one of the best deals in the NHL for a team. One year, $2.7 million. He's just 3.36% of the cap hit for if you're the Red Wings. Because the question was, okay, can he still play at an NHL level of hockey? Yes. That's why he got the such cheap deal. And the Red Wings, let's not forget, still have the seventh lowest payroll of the season. Raymond and Mo Sider are restricted free agents, so they're going to be back. They'll cost a little bit more. But Sprong, Perron, Gostaspear, Patrick Kane, those are the free agents. Those are the guys you got to make decisions on. You look me dead in the eye and tell me which one of those guys is the most important to this team. You tell me which one is the reason that they are hot as anybody right now. Anybody in all the sports. It's Patrick Kane. Let's not kid ourselves here. So if you extend them today... Double me. Double what he made this year. Double the contract length. And all it's going to cost you is two years, 5.4 million bucks. You're still one of the lower payrolls in hockey. It doesn't seem like that much to ask for. And you can always pull the whole, he's really old card. You don't know what he's going to look like in a couple of years. But if him being semi-old is the whole reason you don't want to re-sign him, if that's the only leg you have to stand on, well, then you've already lost the argument. It's not like he's 107. Ovechkin had 50 goals when he was 36, 42 when he was 37, and Patrick Kane's not going to get that goal total. But that's not why he's on this team. We're not asking him to do that. We're asking him to set everyone up, use his 100 and 
I don't even know what high IQ is. Clearly, I don't have one. Whatever a high IQ is, he clearly has a high hockey IQ. The way he navigates around the ice. That's what you're asking him to do. Be the leader. Be the captain. No, I'm not the captain. Bad use of words there. But be the leader. Players across all sports can just take care of their bodies better now in today's world. You play longer. The medicine's better. The science is better. The treatment is just miles ahead of what it was 20 years ago. There's a new standard. You've already seen it in the NFL with Brady playing till he was 43. LeBron's 39 years old, still kicking. It's not going to be... It, 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 to say that you can't re-sign Patrick King because he's 35 years old, it blows my mind. Give him the extension now. He's earned it. In his 27 games played in a Red Wings uniform, he's been fantastic. He's not some old fart. He is still playing hockey at a higher level than 90% of the other players in the league. He clearly loves it here. He chose here. So let's run this thing back over the next couple of seasons. Let's head into next season, regardless of how the playoffs end this year. And yes, I do write them in as a playoff team with 26-ish games to go. Let's walk into next year with the same team, maybe a couple of improvements, which to be honest, I don't even know where come from unless you're upgrading a goalie or maybe a second line, third line defenseman. Let's walk into next year with expectation. Those expectations go away the second you let Patrick Kane walk. So re-sign him now. When you signed him in November or December, late, late November, early December, I don't remember when it was, it was a low-risk signing with a very high reward. And it has 1 million percent paid off. Questions were, could he stay healthy? Well, he's played 27 of the 34 games so far. Missed a couple, missed a little bit with a lower body injury. Probably could have came back a few games early, but why make him? Other question was, could he still play at an elite level? The Rangers fans, they warned us. Said based on last year's playoffs, we'd say no. Then he got hip surgery, shaved the bone down in his hip. Now he's averaging over a point per game. I think he's just fine at hockey. What was he going to look like post-hip surgery? Answer, pretty good. Resign Patrick Kane if you're Steve Eiserman. I don't think it's a question at this point. 989-837-6125. Let's play a good old game of who said it. So here's how this game works if you've never, never played along. I'm going to read you a quote. We're going to go to commercial break, and you have that amount of time to text in and tell me who said that quote. Uh, this right here is the quote of the year. Is everybody ready? Do you want? Oh, my gosh. I just said it. What is wrong with me? I just said it. Okay, whatever. Maybe, no, maybe, maybe nobody heard that one. Does Okay, here's the quote. What does not show up in the box score is heart. And our guys played with heart. If they had a heart here as something that was in the box score, I think we would have won when it came to heart. There you go. 989-837-6125. If you didn't hear me, just spill the beans on who said it. Go ahead and send in a, t- uh, not a text. Remember what we renamed it on Friday, Clev? A mit message. Go ahead and send one of those in. Who said it? 989-837-6125. We'll get to Michigan State in just a little bit before some high school hoops later. Listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Enzo. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Having a hard time getting it to anybody. Got it to Thornton. 
Bruce Thornton ahead. Potter at the buzzer. Got it! The 17-game losing streak on the road comes to an end. What a way to end it. Michigan State did everything correct. They were right there on the shot. That's destiny. Right, they did everything correct except hold that 12-point halftime lead. Tom Izzo doing his best Juwan Howard impression. And by the way, that's who said the quote. Uh, I'm a dumbass because... I, I said who said the quote when we played who said it. It was Juwan Howard. I'll read it one more time. For anyone who missed it, what does not showing up on the uh, what is not showing up on the box score is heart. And our guys played with heart. If they had heart here, something that was in the box score, I think we would have won when it came to heart. Uh, okay, you're an idiot. Tom Izzo, on the other hand, I don't think Tom Izzo is an idiot, but I do think he is stubborn to the point where he is preventing certain players on this team from developing and it has hindered this entire season. I just said they did their best Juwan Howard impersonation yesterday. They lost to Ohio State. Second worst team in the entire conference. But somehow, Ohio State fires their coach and instantly got better. Beat Purdue. Beat Michigan State. Two and one since firing their coach. Hey, Michigan, take notes. Listen, Michigan State punted their chances to be a higher seed. All right, they were on a little bit of a win streak. They had an opportunity to win a few more games, winnable games. It's not like they lost these. I mean, they were 10-point favorites yesterday, for crying out loud. If you win if you win the last two games, Penn State, Ohio State, both at home, games you should have won, games you were favored in, you could be looking at a six seed right now. You could be looking at a seven seed right now. And with Purdue up, on the clock, Northwestern, Indiana still left in the regular season. There was a world out there where Michigan State could have climbed to be a five or six seed. It was possible. It wasn't likely, but there was a road for that to happen. Now you're a projected nine seed. And to be honest, I think that's pretty generous. Last week, you're a projected seven seed. Then you lose two in a row. Back-to-back home losses will do that to you. At Purdue on Saturday, number three in the nation. Versus Northwestern, 10-6 and six in the Big Ten. Versus Indiana, you're 1-3 at their place in the last four years. You're 9-8 in the Big Ten standings. I, I, Michigan State is in danger of going under 500 in the Big Ten. Now, twice in the past four years. When you hadn't done that, you, you'd only done that once in the past 31 years prior to this season. This team is not the same that they were. And Sunday, yesterday, was basically the perfect example of everything that went wrong. That's why I don't understand the Michigan State played perfect. They did everything they could have done. No, they didn't. They did not play good enough defense. They missed a free throw that would have most likely won them the game. You can't pull that stuff and expect to walk into March. The only thing Michigan State has to hold on to is that precious little streak of theirs. What is it, 27 years in a row, even though you were a play-in game a couple years ago, even though Kansas should have the record, even though it got taken away from them for coaching violations. All you have is that record. This program has been mediocre at best for five seasons long. Yet somehow the tournament odds are in your favor to make the Final Four your plus 1,400. 
Only one spot separates you and Baylor from the odds. It's name brand. It's the logo. That's all it is. Baylor's top 15. They're plus 1,100. And for some reason, your odds are plus 1,400 if you're Michigan State. It doesn't make sense. Okay? What Tom Izzo has done to this team has been a tragedy. Honestly. All these upperclassmen, Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, this was supposed to be the team. And they have been far from that. They have fallen apart here in the last week or so. And now you're, (laughs) I don't want to say you're not going to make the tournament because if you say something like that and then you make the tournament, someone's, oh, you look so dumb. You start getting mentions in your Twitter. It's easy. It's easy to say something like that, to blow up. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say Michigan State's not going to make the tournament. Because the odds are you probably will. But I'll be very straightforward, very transparent. You have to win here once in the next three games, or you're done. Or you have to go on some marvelous, amazing run in the Big Ten tournament, which I don't think is all that likely. You play Purdue, Ottawell, right? Anybody going to text in and tell me that, that that's a win, that I we can't write that in as an Ottawell yet? Okay, cool. Then you play Northwestern. Say what you want about that program. They're better than Michigan State right now. There is no question about that. Indiana, tough I mean, not a great season, but always a tough place to play. What happens if Michigan State loses all three of these games? Which I don't think is the craziest thing in the world. Then what? Then what? Then you better pray they figure it out and win at least two games in the Big Ten tournament. And guess what? You lose the next three games, you're going to have to play a good team at the beginning. Like Northwestern. Like Purdue. Like Wisconsin, who also has fallen off the face of the earth. This is not a good conference anymore. Uh, The Big Ten no longer can say this is the best basketball conference. Not that they ever could. Their last championship, ironically, being Michigan State in 2000. But maybe they they have football now. They don't have basketball. There is no powerhouse. If we're going to call Purdue a powerhouse, that's fine. We all know what's going to happen to them in March. It happens every single season. All it takes is one sixteen seed, and Purdue's not the same anymore. Pretty sure they still have a negative point differential in the second half. If you're Michigan State, and you're sitting here, you are looking at the schedule and just telling your team, you have to play the best basketball we've played all season long against Northwestern and Indiana. Otherwise, we are in danger of missing this thing. And the shame about it all is... Michigan State makes a tournament. They keep the little streak. Nobody bats an eye out Tom Izzo outside of a select few at East Lansing. I'm done with Tom Izzo. Okay? He has completely stunted Xavier Booker's development. Xavier Booker finally starts yesterday. Might be a little too late for that, Tommy. Just a tad too late. Because now the idea is, okay, he's going to play. He's going to play a little more. A little more. By the time the tournament comes around, he's going to be ready to play. No, you waited too long to start playing him. I mean, did you hear the crowd pop he got? 
I think we have the audio of it, Clev. You want to play that? The crowd in East Lansing went absolutely bonkers during starting lineups when this guy stepped on the floor. Yet, for some reason, you only played him three minutes a game before yesterday. It sounds like LeBron's getting introduced. It sounds like LeBron is down in East Lansing. That place went bananas when he walked on the court. Yet for some reason, you just don't want to play him. You just refuse to do it. And I, I, I can't understand why, because now at this point, it's too late. Better late than never, but it's still too late. If you would have played him at the very beginning of the season, and by the way, he scored seven points, went three for six, and had three blocks in the process of playing those 17 minutes, then basically got benched for the majority of the second half of the game. Why? I don't know. He was one of the only two players on Michigan State's roster with a positive plus-minus. And I know you can't just look at one game's plus-minus and think to yourself, well, he should have played more. But you can, because you watch him play, and he clearly has, he's just so much better than the other two guys. Mahdi can rebound better. Carson Cooper can't tie his shoes. Xavier Booker is Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe Jaron Jackson the third down in the paint. You can't score on him. He is a defensive nightmare. He alters everyone's, not just their shots, but their decisions down low. You can't drive anywhere near the guy. He will send you to the third row and make you go home and cry to your mom. You would have played him earlier in the season against teams like St. John's. Let him practice at the beginning of the Big Ten season. Let him start, get the reps. Who knows what this guy could look like right now? But we're never going to know because you didn't play him, and only now are you letting him develop. It's too late. We're three days away from March. You waited too long, Tom Izzo, because you were stubborn. You wanted to prove a point. And to be honest... uh, I don't think Michigan State fans want him back at this point, but I think he's going to be back just just to go stick it to people, just to try to go get one more. You better hope Booker's still here, man. You really better hope Xavier Booker's still here. 989-837-6125. If it blows your mind half as much as it blows mine that Michigan State's not playing... Uh, that uh, that Xavier Booker has not been playing the majority of the season. Uh, you know this. Tom Izzo, not only is holding this team back, but has tarnished this guy's entire reputation. For so long, there was rumors about, okay, Tom is, uh, Xavier Booker, not a culture guy. Doesn't want to fit in. Not willing to put in the work. You simply could have played him. You simply could have had him get experience at the beginning of the season. And this guy could look like a completely new person right now. He looks fantastic yesterday. Comes in, stretches the floor, unlike your other two big guys. Can defend the rim. Struggles a little bit to get boards. But it's not like you're a great rebounding team anyway. So if you ask me, it it blows my mind that Tom Izzo is not playing him. 
989-837-6125. What does Michigan State have to do to get back into the tournament? I mean, they're still nine seed right now, but this loss to Purdue on Saturday. And there's this misconception that, okay, they're still a nine seed. They still can reach all the way back to 16. There's 32 automatic bids. Like, most of these back-end seeds are for little conferences like the MAC, like for Central Michigan. Could you imagine that, Clev, if somehow Michigan State goes 0-3 down the stretch? They don't win a Big Ten game. All of a sudden, they're out of tournament. Not impossible. Central Michigan. You know what? How about this? What's more likely? Michigan State misses the tournament or Central makes it? Huh. I'll give you even odds. Michigan State... To lose out, Ohio, uh, Central Michigan doesn't even have to win out. They just have to win three straight games in the MAC tournament. I think that's equally as likely as Michigan State not making the tournament. Now, what's more likely is Michigan State pulls out a BS win against one of these teams in the last three stretches. Central Michigan, I mean, winning three games in a row in MAC tournament's tough. That's not what's likely, but I think they're just as likely. 989 837 6125. We'll get to your guys' text in a little bit. John, almost ready for some high school hoops. We'll send it out to him momentarily. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, to recap, Red Wings, awesome. Michigan, Pistons, the same. Michigan State, on fire. Pistons are in action tonight. Uh, Listen, we're not going to watch this game. Exactly. But we are going to gamble on it because why not? Let's hit us with the lock of the day. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. uh, This one's pretty self-explanatory. Bojan Bogdanovic coming back to Detroit. I don't want to call this a revenge game, but I think it's a game where he's like, just give me the ball. Get out of the way. I'm going to show Monty Williams. He is... The biggest dumbass. Oh, I told myself I was going to try not to swear today because we're sending it to high school hoops and I John's going to be a little more professional than that. My bad. <laughs> Thanks, Clev. He's looking at this uh, coming back to Detroit and he's pro- I think he's just going to be a shot, Hall of Fame shot chucker tonight. He is averaging 14 points per game as a Nick. It's 15 and a half. You can get plus odds on it. He comes back with a little bit of attitude. This game's in New York, by the way. Uh, I think I accidentally said Detroit. He's going to be letting a rip. He's going against his former team. He's got to stick it to Monty Williams. Over 15 and a half, Boyan Bogdanovich. There it is. That is the lock of the day. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, all right. Real quickly with the couple minutes we have left here, uh, everyone has seems to uh, suddenly – Suddenly, everybody has an opinion on storm court rushing, rushing the court, storming the court. Everybody's mad. Kyle Filipowski got hurt. Caitlin Clark got bumped earlier this year. I've I've got a mind-boggling solution to this madness. Now, people are saying they should ban it. Look out for the safety of the athletes. Some people saying you got to let them do it. Some people saying, well, you can't stop a thousand college students from running out of the court. Uh, I've got a better idea. If you're the home team, and you're playing an inferior opponent, how about just win the game? Bet. Then you don't have to worry about your other, the other schools rushing the court. Or, or if you, uh, let me rephrase that, because I worded that terribly. If you are an away team, or if you are, geez, you know what I'm trying to say. 
if you are the team going to a place in which you should win and the crowd is taking in to consider it, the crowd's going nuts, be the better team, win the game, you don't have to worry about the other team rushing the court. It's as easy as that. Win the game. 989-837-6125. There you guys have it. High school hoops we go. John, on site. There you have it. That was the payoff. Hope it was worth it.